You're listening to SuperPod Recession Proof Your MSP, presented by SuperOps.ai, where we ask experts, analysts, and business owners what MSPs need to do now to recession proof their MSP and keep their foot on the growth pedal. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this very special episode of SuperPod Recession Proof Your MSP. I'm Radhika Nair, SuperOps.ai's in house storyteller and the host of SuperPod. Today is a very special episode because we are joined by none other than Richard Tubb, a former MSP business owner himself. Richard today is a passionate supporter of MSPs and works closely with MSPs to help them meet their business and life goals. Richard, thank you so much for joining us today. I can't wait to hear all your insights on a topic that is very close to, I believe, your heart and it is very close to mine as well why MSPs need to become indispensable for your clients today and how they can do that. So that's what we are going to be talking about today. So oh, Richard, thank you, Radhika. Wow. Yeah, it's such a warm welcome. I've got a lot to live up to there. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. So I wanted to start off our conversation uh, with, uh, you know, coming to a very serious uh, question. How how has the recession been uh, treating MSPs? What, what is the... Uh, What's the word on the ground? It's interesting, isn't it? Um, you know, when we talk about a recession, lots of people get scared. You know, I, I've lived through numerous recessions now, both as a, you know, as a business owner and as a consumer. Uh, and, and recession is one of those scary words. People think, oh, it's going to be an economic downturn. Everything's going to be bad. And of course, yes, there is implications. We've come through the COVID-19 pandemic, a series of, you know, worldwide economic uh, issues. Uh, and so, yeah, there's a lot to be, uh, are concerned about but the outlook for msps i would say is very good now not every msp is going to uh to benefit from this it's going to be the most progressive ns msps the ones who don't see this as something to be scared of and see this as an opportunity uh and you know i've as i say i've been through this numerous times before and it's actually recessions economic downturns are a period that is very good for growth. Uh, so, you know, there's there's lots of businesses that come out of uh, economic downturns. There's lots of businesses, MSP businesses especially, that can come out stronger than ever. But there's certain things that you've got to do, certain things that you mustn't do. So whilst globally, I think it's going to be a difficult time economically for many people, I would say for MSPs, it's actually going to be a big opportunity. Great. And and I think that's, that's in a sense, the industry wisdom as well, right? That yeah. uh, MSP businesses can grow in a recession. But the counterpoint to that also is that, you know, it's, it's not really normal times, right? So in these not so normal times, what should an MSP do differently? Yeah. So the biggest things about, you know, being a part of a, an economic downturn, why it's a good time to grow is, most businesses are actually looking at battening down the hatches, so to speak, at this time. They're actually considering contracting. They're saying, okay, we're going to have to weather this storm and see, th see things through. I actually think that's the worst thing that you can do during this period. I'll talk a little bit more uh, perhaps as we go into the conversation about things you can do to keep a close eye on managing your business. But right now, the fact that 
many other businesses are actually battening down the hatches or contracting gives progressive MSPs a chance to expand. It gives them a chance to to start uh, uh, doing more marketing or indeed if they're not marketing at all, Radhika, we know MSPs, they can they can really fail on this uh, area of marketing. If they're not marketing, they need to start, mar start marketing. If they are marketing, they need to do more marketing and that allows them to win more business uh, because the market's going to be quieter out there. There's going to be less competition, so to speak. And so if you can be front of mind with clients and prospective clients at the moment, you're actually going to win more business. I've been quoted as saying, if you run a if you run a business at the moment, any business, you run a technology business because every business needs technology to run. What does that mean for MSPs? Well, of course, it means that even if businesses are contracting, they need to keep their tech running. They need tech to continue running their business. So MSPs are going to be very much in demand. But those uh, MSPs who are uh, who are looking at battening down the hatches are going to do less marketing or no marketing whatsoever, which I think is a really bad idea. This gives progressive MSPs a really good opportunity to, to go out into the marketplace and have less competition. I'll throw one other benefit out there uh, for MSPs. I talked about the you know the global global economic downturn. That's going to mean in big businesses, uh, perhaps there's layoffs, businesses are contracting, there's going to be redundancies. What that means for MSPs, of course, is we've struggled for many, many years to find good quality talent to hire for our businesses. Well, there's going to be more good quality talent than ever on the market uh, this year in the, in, in the months to come. So I want MSPs who are listening to this, who are progressive, to have a page on their website where they are saying we are recruiting good quality people. If you've got your CV, send it across to us and we can take a look at it. Because right now, big businesses are going to be letting good quality talent go. And it's it's down to us as MSPs to say, right, we now get the pick of the market. So actually, you know, I said at the top of this conversation, uh, the, the recession is going to be difficult for a lot of people. But in the tech sector, in the MSP sector specifically, that means there's a lot of opportunities, not just for new clients, but for new members of staff as well. Yeah, so a lot of opportunities and do more, not less. I think that's that's something that you know MSPs need to take away. And yeah. um, I also wanted to uh, bring our conversation to the point that we were discussing earlier about being indispensable to your clients, right? Mm. That that itself is that's such a wide uh, you know theme in itself, right? So I wanted to understand when you say being indispensable to clients, what what does that mean? Well, I'll tell you, first of all, Radhika, what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that you are the IT guys. So being indispensable is not all about being the best technician. So let me elaborate on that a little bit. For many years now, I uh, people, people listeners to this podcast probably have heard me get on my virtual soapbox and talk about a managed service provider's job is not all about the technical. So when it comes to being indispensable, well, think about who is indispensable to your business. It's probably going to be people like your accountants, your advisors, you know, suppliers of that nature. 
So when it comes to making yourself indispensable to your clients, you want to be the person who has the answers they need, not just about technical issues, but about around a, a whole range of things. So I'll give you a specific example. When I ran my MSP business, um, we pretty much told our clients that if they had a problem with something with a plug at the end of it, anything electric, anything electronic, anything technical, they were to give us a call. And rather than giving them the runaround, what, rather than them having to phone lots of other people to get issues fixed, we would manage it for them. In that way, we became indispensable. In other words, nobody wants to put up with the pain of phoning their internet service provider when there's a broadband issue, or phoning HP when there's a hardware issue, or phoning their CRM company when there's a software issue. We did all of that for our clients. And it actually, Radhika, reached the situation where our clients got so used to calling us for help about anything that they started phoning us and saying, can you recommend a good electrician? Can you recommend a good plumber? <laughs> and this, of course, this is nothing at all to do with IT. But it did show that we'd made our spec sales indispensable. We had become that trusted advisor to our clients. Our clients would phone us up for advice on business growth. They would phone us up for advice on marketing. They would phone us up for advice on, um, you know, which company to bring in to do the plumbing and things of that nature. And we firmly put ourselves at the center of this network of good contacts for our clients. And so hopefully what I'm getting across here to people is that progressive MSPs to be indispensable to their clients, it's not all about the tech. You need to be listening to what your clients need in all aspects of their business and providing them with a network of people who can do that for them. Now, notice I say there, and you can tell I'm on my soapbox here, Radhika, so forgive me. Notice I didn't say there that you've got to do it all for them. I'm a firm believer that managed service providers should concentrate on what I call their core competencies, IT infrastructure, you know, uh, software support, patching, updating, those type of things. But they should build up relationships with other technology businesses and other businesses full stop who can provide their clients with services and solutions that, that you as an MSP may not have the expertise all the resources to do yourself. So that's a long answer to a very short question, but to become indispensable means that you surround yourself with a network of really good quality companies who can do things for your clients that perhaps you can't do. And secondly, you want to be listening to your client at all times, anticipate the problems they're going to have, make yourself indispensable by being the person who provides the answer. And that's not always to do purely with technical support. So I hope that makes sense. Yes, it does. And I also wanted to, you know, do a bit of a deep dive into that point that you were making. Because for MSPs who are listening, right, for business owners who are listening, they will, they might be saying, or they might be thinking that, okay, I do want to become indispensable. I do want to become that go-to person for my client. But how do I do that? How do I do that? Do I just call them? Do I tell them? What do I do? How do I do? That's that's a question that quite a few, where do they start, right? And that's what I wanted to pose to you. Like, where does an MSP start when they want to become that indispensable partner to their client? That's a really great question. I would say in practical terms, one of the very first thing that I would do is 
Uh, as an MSP owner, I would ask yourself, when's the last time you spoke to your clients? Now, Radhika, I'm not, and for anybody listening, I'm not saying when's the last time you uh, answered a, a support ticket or when's the last time you went and sold something to them. I'm talking about when's the last time that you either picked up the phone to them or went and visited them in person and said, hi, um, how's business going? You know, and actually listened to what they've got to say. The first thing that I would say is that makes you um, really valuable to your clients because they know then that they've got somebody else who's actually interested in their business. I can speak from experience here as well. Then when I used to go out to see clients, just drop in on them or, you know, uh, just to phone them. How's business going? We nearly always ended up with more business. The interesting thing here is even though you don't want to phone your clients to sell to them or you don't want to visit them to sell to them, uh, because actually your clients will will start ignoring you if they think that you're going to sell to them every time you phone or visit them. But if you visit them and actually ask them, how's your business going and listen to what they've got to say, you'll end up seeing opportunities, seeing opportunities for, for new projects, seeing opportunities to make things better, seeing opportunities to strengthen your relationship with your client. So from a practical perspective, if you are not speaking to your clients outside of service desk, help desk tickets, or you know any other technical issues, get your professional services automation tool, might be super ops, might be something else, and put a recurring ticket in there for every week. I am going to phone a client and ask them, how's it going? If you want to take this to the next level, you might schedule a phone call and a client site visit every week. And again, I'll share a little tip with you. And this is from my my really good friend, Craig Sharp, who runs a, a Birmingham-based, a UK-based MSP called Abusi. Craig told me no client ever in history has ever been sad to see him arrive at their door when he is taking a box full of cakes with him. <laughs> uh, so if you turn up at your client site and say, hey, I happen to be passing and I thought I'd buy a box of donuts or a bring a cake around or something like that. No client ever is going to say now's not a good time. So they will always invite you in so you can take a sweet treat around uh, for them. Um, but th the serious point here is spend more time listening and talking to your clients, not just about technical issues, about what's happening in their business. You will uncover sales opportunities, but that's not the real reason you're doing it. The real reason you're doing it is to become that trusted advisor to your clients. So focus on, you know, having conversations with the clients. That's the bottom line. Yes, and, and what I'm hearing uh, from what you're saying is that, you know, as, as the MSP, as the MSP partner to your uh, client, you need to understand what your client's businesses are all about as well, right? It is about being able to plug yourself in into where uh, their gaps are. It's so it's it's not you can't just stay away or stay apart from your client's businesses and think, okay, I'm only going to think about tech. I'm only going to think about IT. That's yes. not the way to go. Yeah. And I'll throw one other thing in there, Radhika, because some people might listen into this and say, oh, I haven't got the time. I've got too many tickets. I haven't got the time to be visiting my clients and, and taking cakes around to them and things like that. What are you on about, Richard? So let me just run one single scenario through you. How many people listening to this have had a phone call from one of their clients on a Monday morning and the client has said, hey, 
Um, we've got a new starter joining us and they need a new computer and new accounts and new licenses. Can you set them up? And you say, yeah, no problem at all. When do they start? And they say, oh, they're here now and we need it now. Everybody, no, I'm, you know, I'm sort of saying that with a smile on my face, Radhika, but everybody listening to this who works in IT has experienced that scenario. What happens when you build a, a good line of communication with your client is that you uncover these things before they happen. So I can tell you from experience, when I used to go out and visit my clients uh, and say, hey, how's business going? They might say, oh, business is going great. We're actually thinking about taking three new people on, three new members of staff. And I'd then say to them, oh, when is this? Oh, probably over the next three, two, three weeks. Okay, well, remember, you're going to need a new PC, you're going to need new licenses, and you're going to need to give us notice. Right, good point. And that actually visiting client sites to see how they were going, speaking to clients, uncovers those little things that clients just don't think about that, but cause a lot of issues to us. So there's a concrete example of how, you know, if people think they don't have time to stay in touch with the clients, they can actually save themselves a lot of time by staying in touch with clients. Right. I also wanted to understand when you're looking at clients, say, who are going through a tough time, especially now considering it's the recession, and while MSPs, we believe we won't get affected, but a lot of our clients might be, a lot of MSP clients might be getting affected, right? Their yes. businesses might be going through a bit of a rough weather. So what about situations like that, especially when, you know, MSP is just telling that they need to become partners, they need to understand what these clients are going through, becoming, uh, you know, their uh, trusted advisors. So what happens in situations like that where the clients are going through a tough time and MSPs need to protect their business as well, right? So how, how do you handle such situations? Oh, that's a great question, Radhika. And, and as usual, you've got your finger on the pulse of what MSPs are asking, because it's all very well for me to say, oh, yeah, it's going to be a great time for MSPs. But when you're speaking to your clients and they're talking about the uh, recession and their businesses are contracting, you've got to have some tough conversations there. And yeah, so the first point I would make, first of all, is to say what I said at the top of this conversation about increasing your marketing, uh, about looking for new clients. Again, I stand by that, and it's a really good time to do this. Uh, if you are bringing in new clients, there is less pressure on you to be really so concerned. Of course, you want to be concerned, but you don't have to be critically concerned about uh, your existing clients downsizing or indeed, you know, um, uh, attracting what's altogether. So that's the first thing I would say. So the one. Uh, so the one issue of uh, uh, not doing marketing, uh, if you do do marketing, it can actually fix the, the other issue of the recession hitting your clients. So that's the first thing I'd say. The second thing I would say is when you're speaking to those clients who are perhaps having a tough time, uh, I want you to keep a couple of things in mind. The conversations that you need to have with them need to focus on two specific areas. The first one is keeping them safe. Now, even though there's a recession around the corner, even though for some parts of the world, the recession is hitting already, 
the cyber criminals do not take time off. They are not going to say, oh, well, we'd better contract. We aren't going to do as much hacking as normal. They don't do that. And your clients, thankfully, are more educated now than they were a few years ago. They know that even though there's a recession, they still need to be keeping themselves safe. So when you're speaking to clients, focus on changes that keep them safe. Uh, and, and not just cybersecurity, but keep them financially safe as well. What I mean by that is there's an opportunity, I think, for MSPs to speak to their clients about things like credit control, uh, about looking at uh, using automation to make sure that they get paid on time every time. Now, when I ran my MSB business, Erbredika, I used to be at the forefront of things like credit control and you know things of that nature, because we wanted to build the business that our clients wanted to have. Now, I'm not saying they wanted to run an MSP business, but they'd look at how we did our marketing, our finance, they'd look at how we used automation, and they'd say, hey, Richard, I see you're doing things that way. Can you teach us how to do that? Because we want to implement that within our business. So the first thing I would say when you're speaking to your clients, focus on changes that keep the clients safe uh, from a cybersecurity perspective and also from a financial perspective. And the second thing I would say when you're speaking to clients, just remember, you might get excited about technology, but they might couldn't care less, really, unless you get a particularly geeky client and they love talking about things. But we know, joking aside, the majority of small business owners don't care about technology. They care about building their business. So when you're speaking to them, focus on things that bring clear business benefits. If I was to summarize, I would say focus on things that move the needle, uh, to use an old fashioned term there. They want to be able to easily see how something that you're going to talk to them about is going to save them money or make them money. And during the recession, for those clients that are maybe pulling their uh, belt in a little bit, maybe thinking about battening down the hatches or maybe even thinking about contracting the what the initiatives that you bring to them that move the needle by saving them money that's what they're going to be really interested in and i spoke to um a, a really good friend of mine who runs one of london's top msps uh and i spoke to him a, a few weeks ago about the last recession uh that he went through he's been running the business sort of 25 years uh and he said if you can be a friend to your clients during the recession, if you can help them save money, then when the recession is over and they start looking at growing again, they're really going to remember that and they're going to um, uh, be grateful for that. And so their business, your business can grow alongside theirs as well. So just remember, we need to be a friend to our clients during uh, recessions as well. Yes, that's, that's wise words indeed. I also uh, wanted to go back to the point that you were making a bit earlier about assessing the health of your MSP, right? I wanted to, uh, you know, bring you back to that point of how how can MSPs do that, especially in times like this? Oh, so from many, many years ago, I was uh, taught by one of my great mentors. Uh, he said, you need to manage by metrics, not by gut feeling. Now, as your listeners can probably tell, and for those that are familiar with me, I'm a very emotional guy. I love building relationships. I love getting excited about things. But when you're running a business, and when you are running a business, that those are that's a great trait to have, you know. But 
you can't rely on your gut feeling. You've got to manage by metrics. And especially during an economic downturn when, uh, you know, perhaps you've got to look at cutting costs and things as well. So managing by gut met- managing by uh, uh, metrics rather than gut feeling is really important. My mentor taught me what can be measured can be managed, and I love that phrase. Uh, I can't remember the exact at- attribution for that, but uh, it's a very famous phrase, isn't it? So, what does that mean in reality? Well, I think for for MSPs, you need to be recording your time more effectively. You need to understand where your time is being spent. Uh, who it's being spent with, which clients, which technologies, and then you need to be having a look at some of the root causes of those uh, challenges. Um, again, I, tr- I always like Radhika to give examples here to you know to translate this into real world terms. So I spoke to an MSP, or I did some work with an MSP um, a little while ago, and they got very very good at measuring where their time was spent. The first thing they uncovered was. A specific client of theirs had a disproportionate amount of time spent compared uh, in service desk tickets compared to other clients. When they dug down into the figures, not only was it a specific client, it was a specific person at that client who was logging an awful lot of tickets asking questions around Microsoft Office. And so this MSP specifically went to that client and said, hey, we couldn't help but notice that um, your office manager uh, is asks a lot of questions in Microsoft Office. Would it be okay if we organised a lunch and learn session? We'll we'll turn up with some pizzas. Again, there's the food. <laughs> People love food. We'll turn up with the pizzas and we'll do some training with uh, on Microsoft Office. And of course, the client said, oh, yeah, of course. Is there any charge for this? No, no charge for this. We're going to come in and do this uh, as a value add for our relationship. The client was delighted by it. The member of staff was delighted uh, because she was getting the training that she needed. But the ups, the upswing of that, of course, that client logged less tickets. That person logged less Microsoft Office support tickets. And so the cost of supporting that client went down and the profit levels went up. So by measuring where your time is, by managing by metrics, you can then make really good decisions about how to lower the costs of your business. Now, I'll take that to a a step further. One of the biggest challenges that I see uh, MSPs making, especially during the recession, during a economic downturn and economic downturn, is there are lots more potential clients out there for you. And it's easy then to get distracted by chasing the revenue. Oh, we've got this new client. We've got that new client. We can win this. We can win that business. But, you know, that whole that old phrase, revenue is vanity, profit is sanity. Again, if you're managing by metrics, you can look at your clients. You can use a tool like SuperOps or whatever PSA tool that you're using and saying, how profitable are these clients? And I'll just say, uh, Radhika, there's another good um, uh, side effect of being able to manage by metrics. It means when some of those clients of yours that are contracting come to you and say, can you help us out with the, the ongoing cost of our managed services? You can make a decision based on the profit margin. You can say, actually, we're in a position and you don't have to share this with the client, but you you can look at your figures and say, we're in a position that actually we can 
you know, uh, work with you with uh, uh, reduced costs during the recession. And we know it's not going to affect our uh, uh, costs because we understand there's profit within the business. So if you don't understand the figures within your business, if you don't understand where the time is spent within your business, you cannot manage by metrics and you end up chasing revenue rather than profit and managing by gut feeling rather than metrics. That is where I think there's some real pitfalls uh, for MSPs. So bottom line, manage by metrics. Start measuring your time more effectively. Great. And 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 use your uh, the tools that you have, right? Your PSCS, the business yep. intelligence tool, and not just to manage your tickets and to manage your work. Exactly. I'll throw one other example out there. And forgive me, Radhika, because I get so passionate about this, but... Uh, I, there's another MSP I spoke to who is really good at managing by metrics. Uh, it's a US-based MSP. If you're managing by metrics, if you are recording all of the time that you spend in your business accurately, it not only allows you to, to look at individual clients, individual staff at your clients and understand where you might be losing money, it allows you to look at the technologies and the vendors that you are using as well. So the example I'll give, there was a specific MSP that I worked with, US-based MSP. They implemented a new backup and disaster recovery solution within their clients' businesses. So they rolled this out, they, they were all in, and it wasn't a cheap solution, but they thought, yep, this is something we're going to be able to make money on, and actually it's going to give peace of mind to the client and to us. But after a couple of months... Uh, the business owner spoke to the service desk and said, how is it going with this technology? And the service desk weren't that happy. They said, there seems to be a lot of problems with it. We seem to be doing a lot of fixes for it. And the clients seem to be logging a lot of calls for it. Okay, well, they dug into the figures. And sure enough, they noticed a pattern, a uh, root cause within the tickets that showed actually that this technology was not set it and forget it like they'd been sold to by the vendor. There was actually a lot of effort that they were putting into it. So they were then able to go back to the vendor and say, look, we can see the potential for this um, uh, for this solution, but right now it's just not working for us and it's actually costing us money. And rather than being an MSP who just moans to the vendor and said, oh, it's not working, which <laughs> so many vendors get used to MSPs uh, saying those sort of things. They actually had the, criti the critical data to say, look, this is not working. We're doing too much patching. We're doing too many firmware updates. We're doing too much support for it. The vendor couldn't really say anything. They said, you're absolutely right. What we're going to do, we're going to um, renegotiate your contract, first of all, uh, and secondly, we are going to give you the best people from our team to help resolve these problems. And so that could have gone from a relationship that fell to pieces because it was just becoming too stressful to being a reasoned business to business relationship that then started to work. And it all came down, Radhika, again, to the MSP was managing their time. And because they were managing their time and recording it effectively, they could pinpoint the root cause of one of their cost leaks and then go back to the vendor and work on a solution. So I think that's a wonderful story of what could have been a really difficult situation uh, between a client, between an MSP and between a vendor. And in the end, it worked out exceptionally well because they were managing by metrics. Right. And that, that that's a very interesting story as well. And, and yes, use your data, right? And not just uh, let it sit there. 
I, I was also curious to understand, you know, what's the one piece of advice that you give to MSPs, which you hope that they follow? I wanted to ask you this. The one piece of advice, would that be on on, on growth, on managing a recession? And now root down for me here, Radhika. <laughs> no, I think it's 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 an open-ended question for me. What's that one piece of advice that you see yourself, you know, constantly giving to MSPs, which you yeah. hope that they follow? That's yeah, great question. The the very the top piece of advice I would give to anybody in a managed service provider business is don't try and do this on your own. Now, I just mentioned about the MSP who has got the relationship with the vendor, you know, super ops, you are doing it. And I'm not just saying this because we're on a call, but you're doing incredible work in our community. And community is the key here. So when I started my MSP, you know, 20 years ago, you know, I sold it 12 years ago now. Um, there was less people around doing managed services than there are now. And there was less blogs, there was less books, there was less conferences. Fast forward to today, you know, we've got the Super Summit in London, we've got um, conferences, you've got uh, organisations like the Tech Tribe, you've got CompTIA, you've got thriving communities. Now, for anybody listening to this who is perhaps unfamiliar with some of those communities that I've just mentioned, there is whole communities of managed service providers out there who want to help one another any problem that you're having any challenge that you've got within your business somebody else has been there done that and has got the certificate to to prove it as well so again my advice Radhika, would be please don't try and do this on your own involve yourself in the managed service community uh, and realize that you're going to accelerate your growth a lot faster by speaking to others and learning from them and the other thing is you know we've only we've touched upon and you've been great supporters of the the, the mental health awareness uh, uh, challenge that we've got within the MSP industry it can be a really lonely stressful business running an MSP on your own if you surround yourself with great friends good advisors good communities it can reduce that stress level it can help your mental health and it can be a whole lot more fun as well and this managed service industry is so unlike any other industry in that I speak to people from the insurance industry, from finance, from construction, and I talk to them about managed services. And I say, look, you know, we get together in a room uh, with our competitors and we exchange ideas, and we exchange best practices and we help one another. And they are flabbergasted, Radhika, because they're like, what? You talk you to your competitors. But that really is the industry that we're in. So, again, long answer uh but the short short version here is do not try to do this alone yes completely and 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 completely agree with what you are saying about the community right such a welcoming close-knit community which is very you know we support each other we listen to each other and that's that's something that i really appreciate about the uh, msp community about the msp industry and like you said it's not uh, necessary to do this alone you're not you know going to win an award to uh, just because you've done it all alone that's that's exactly. not the so lean on each other yeah and and yes completely agree with that and Richard anything else that you think we should cover anything else that you would like to add yeah I think that, that there's one point I want to make here I want um, to ask listeners to cast their minds back to March 2020 I think that's a month that none of us are ever going to forget but for oh, MSPs, <laughs> for MSPs uh, it was what I now call the great working from home rush. Do you remember? Of course you remember. It's when your clients phoned you up at the start of the pandemic and said, um, 
hey, can you uh, can you make us work from home? Can you set us up so we can work from home? Can you turn that thing on called the cloud so we can do it? And of course, I'm joking about it now, but at the time it was a stressful situation. And, and managed service providers were the heroes. You know, we helped uh, small businesses and all types of organizations to continue working. We helped the business world continue turning when everything was closing down. Now, it was a stressful time, but you know, and, and the pandemic, huge challenge for everybody on so many different levels. If there was one good thing that came out of that from the MSP industry, and I actually think there was many, but if there was one big thing, it was this thing that we talk about, digital transformation. It previously was a bit of a buzzword, wasn't it? Then people were like, oh, yeah, digital transformation, digital transformation. What does it mean? Digital transformation meant that in March 2020 and in the, the months and years that have gone by since then, your clients have brought themselves up to date and started thinking the same way that you've been thinking for years. They understand cloud technology. They understand that cybersecurity is more important. They understand that business automation can help them. That is what digital transformation is. And so as, as we come to the end of our conversation, Radhika, the one more thing you asked me to, to throw out there, I want everybody listening to this to realize that digital transformation was a buzzword, but now it is a real opportunity for MSPs. This is where you can speak to clients about making their business. They can do things faster, better, cheaper. They can do things more efficiently. You can talk to them about automation, about business intelligence. You can start helping them realize that technology is not a necessary evil. It's something that can transform their business. And so digital transformation for me, huge, huge opportunity, especially during an economic uh, uh, downturn, because people are going to be looking to do things. They're going to be looking to do more for less. And that's where technology can really help them. Brilliant. And what a great point to end this conversation on. Thank you so much, Richard. This was such a great conversation. I learned a lot and uh, I'm looking forward to having you as a guest on more such episodes. Oh, anytime you want me back, Radhika. If your audience doesn't get tired of hearing me and if you don't get tired of hearing me, I'll come back anytime. <laughs> Not at all. We will never get tired of you, Richard. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you.